Hey everyone, welcome to the Civil Trials. This is the discussion show for the Murder Board main feed, and I am your host, Walter. Today, I am joined by Savannah and Chris. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me tonight. We're discussing Moulin Rouge tonight, <laughs> starring Ewan McGregor, Nicole Kidman, and John Leguizamo, directed by Baz Luhrmann. And for reference, he also directed The Great Gatsby, Romeo Plus Juliet, and Australia with Hugh Jackman. The movie was released in May 16, 2001. It grossed 179.2 million U.S. domestic. And the budget of the film was 52.2 million. The film is rated PG-13. And around the same month, um, these other movies came out. The Mummy Returns. The first Shrek movie, A Knight's Tale, and Pearl Harbor. So wow. I know, right? Interesting company. <laughs> I was like, really? Shrek came out, or like, came out like a week before. I think. I didn't know that. I did not know. Same director as Great Gatsby, but I can definitely fail. T- that <laughs> would definitely say a lot. I don't. I don't know Baz Luhrmann very well as a director. Um, I think his best movie out of the list I've named. Uh, is Romeo plus Juliet. Is that the one with Leonardo and... DiCaprio? Sorry. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, See, Kate Winslet. I like that Leonardo... one. Yeah, like they, it's one of those movies that they showed us nonstop throughout high school yep. all four years. But it is still, <laughs> it's still a very good I like movie. it, yeah. I like that version. But I, I think that is his best film, while The Great Gatsby is the best directed. That movie just looks amazing. Yes. It does. Okay, so me and Savannah have seen this movie. I've seen this movie once and that was a while back when Savannah told me to watch it. And Savannah, you're a big fan of this movie. So yep. can you tell us when you first saw it and what were your first impressions if you remember? Um. Well, what year did it come out again? 2001. 2001. So how old were we? I'm tw- we're 22. So... Uh, my brother was born in 2001. So uh, we're three years apart. So we would have been about three or four. So I probably didn't see it until I was maybe like seven, six or seven, maybe eight. But I just remembered that I loved like musicals. So I don't know like how I got introduced to it. Maybe my parents introduced it to me because they knew how much I love musicals. And they were like, oh, I think she'll like this. And pretty much they were correct. Um, But I also loved like dancers. (laughs) Like I always, you know, like I've always done like dancing and that stuff so it was like pretty much like the best of both worlds for me and it was like a like a love story so I liked it I liked it from like the, the jump and it was just a really good movie and I loved the soundtrack even like when I didn't know any of those artists when I was that young it was still like a bomb ass soundtrack and I still listen to this day so nice, nice. loved it and then I literally watched it like every single day nonstop. Still do. Really? Still do. Yes. And so, Chris, you just saw it this week, actually. So, what is what's your what's your first impression? Without giving too much weight, your first impression. My first impression is the music was done differently, like from what I could tell, like from a traditional musical. I don't really know how to explain how I think it was done differently, but I was actually very intrigued i actually really liked uh the movie as a whole yeah and you know me and savannah we're pretty big on musicals mm-hmm. especially me but are what about you chris you know how familiar with, are you with the musical genre uh i probably just am familiar with it like at best I could probably name a few that are big, but I don't think I'm really very well versed in the musical genre. <laughs> Man, I, and then, but I feel like I, I didn't get into musicals until like 2006 when I saw High School Musical for the first time. And that's when I really began to understand. Yeah, like um, I was trying to figure out do I enjoy Broadway musicals or movie musicals more? And I think because of my earlier knowledge, I enjoy the movie musical more. Which will probably, and I'm kind of spilling my hand here or showing my hand here, but it's probably gonna be why I'm very critical about this particular movie. 
um, as mm-hmm. a fan of movie musicals. Um, right off the bat, my favorite mu- movie musical of all time is West Side Story. I can't wait for the Spielberg one to come out this Christmas with uh, Ansel Elgort. But that is my favorite movie musical. Uh, not my favorite Broadway musical, though. I think that one might be Dear Evan Hansen. But so, Chris, when you we we had a, we have a group chat. So, Chris, when you first mm-hmm. saw it, when you when you told us you first saw it, you told us that it didn't seem like a traditional musical. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what you said, and that that really yeah, kinda, along those lines. Yeah, I had to kind of hold myself back from asking right then and there because I feel like that would have been a big discussion. But what do you mean by a traditional musical? I love <laughs> musicals. First musical. I think of my earliest memory is The Wizard of Oz. Uh, a friend of my mother's showed it to me when I was very young. I mean, yeah, The Wizard of Oz, yes. Yeah, you know, that's like a classic classic. I think what Chris was kind of talking about was like, it's not like a traditional musical. I think Moulin Rouge is a performance. You don't consider it Broadway, do you, Walter? You don't think it's like a Broadway? Guess kind of going into my thoughts on the movie. And uh, as of this earlier this year or last year, late last year, it did get turned into a Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. But um, when I first saw it, I remember telling you, like, for me, it doesn't work as a movie musical other than the the effects and the stylization of Mm -hmm. it, which, Mm -hmm. uh, again, going to my thoughts, I don't really like. But I said, I remember telling you and uh, our friend Emery that the it, it would work better as a Broadway musical. And before this podcast, I did end up listening to both the original movie soundtrack and the Broadway musical soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the Broadway musical has the same songs. But, you know, there's some songs you hear where that are kind of, like, mashed up. So they added... There's a bunch of songs added to the Broadway version. And that are kind of mixed in. Like, more normalized... Not normalized, but more modern music. I, I know, like, um, for instance, I believe in the um, Diamonds Are Girls' Best Friend song. In the, mu- in the Broadway musical, Single Ladies is underlined in there somewhere and there that's kind of like uh i don't want to say the bridge but there's a part of that song where it breaks and oh, they go into single ladies. yeah i see what you're saying yeah and uh just like a modern a modern yeah they they added more music to uh, the Broadway relatability version. thing <laughs> yeah but it's, uh it's i don't know if i would say it probably but you know like the whole aspect of the movie is that these girls are performers so i'm not gonna say they're performing broadway but they're performing like Kind of like a, a nightclub. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a nightclub. So kind of like burlesque. I don't know if y'all have ever seen burlesque or like know what it is, but they like dance and perform, yes. but they're provocative. But these girls, they're like clearly they're prostitutes. But I think the whole like aspect, the singing part, like why it's not a traditional musical is because I think it kind of goes off of them being Broadway star, not rock Broadway, um, nightclub. Like, Wanted yeah. To be, yeah. So it's. It's not like a normal musical where it's just like they sing, um, like the plot. Just yeah, break like they out break in out song, in song kinda. and like they use the song to describe like the whole part of the scene. Like they don't really do that. They break into song about like their uh, performance, like they're doing. Like, like it, it fits it, better into the to the like style. Yeah, movie, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, and. To kind of piggyback on that, Walter. Uh, but like y'all, I remember y'all were just talking about Little Shop of Horrors mm-hmm. the other day. Like that, that one was like a legitimate yeah. musical. Even though I don't like musicals per se, I do like Little Shop of Horrors just because my granddad used to make me watch it so much when I was younger that like it just brings back childhood mm-hmm. memories. But, like, they literally just break out in song for no reason in that movie. Uh, like, why is there a gigantic singing plant for no reason? But, you know, it's it's an interesting yeah. story. So, it, like, kind of keeps you interested. But the Moulin Rouge felt like a character gotcha. in itself. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just, like, filled all the characters with uh, life, color, all of that. And I just really enjoyed that. Maybe, and they could be, like, the great the great Gatsby mm-hmm. like with those colors and could be like the same yeah, director it was a very vibrant style yeah costumes but I just really did like and I did like the songs like sometimes it's the songs that take me out of musicals mm-hmm. and I did like the ones given that I do like Sting and the Police a lot <laughs> <laughs> and I really like 
already love the song Roxanne, and I didn't dislike the one in Moulin Rouge. I actually I did like that's the it. Be- one of the best ones. Raspy voice and, and all. One of the best, uh, like, songs that they did in that movie. Definitely Roxanne. Yeah, and I'm glad you guys brought up the song. Okay, so I don't know if you, if you guys ever took theater classes in high school or mm-hmm. remember from your theater classes, but, you know, there are different types of plays and musicals, and what Moulin Rouge is pretty much a what they call a jukebox musical where it's um it's a musical based around the music of an artist or several artists it's basically pretty much a musical about a soundtrack yeah yeah and so yeah yeah um you can definitely go into it if you want yeah just like basically what you're saying like the Moulin Rouge it's basically when they break out into song it's another artist song but but it's like one of the one of the great artists like Elton John, I love Elton John, and it's a lot of his music in there too. And then, like versus like other musicals, it's a song that that movie or that like director um, has created. Like they wrote that song. That person who made the movie or you know works with the music. But Moulin Rouge, they use artists like big artists' music, so that's the big difference. Yeah, and we're definitely gonna get into the story of the of this movie in a minute. But I did want to comment because. You guys know I am a huge fan of Glee, and Glee is like my favorite show of all time. It it takes me to a personal place. But that show itself is a jukebox musical mm-hmm. because only there's only two songs in two seasons that are original, or three, but they've only done the original thing like once or twice. But the rest of that show it, in its entire six seasons is pretty much a jukebox musical. And Savannah, me and you were in a jukebox musical. Footloose mm-hmm. was a jukebox musical, um, and a, another, I think, the famous jukebox musical is uh, Rock of Ages, which our friend Robbie starred in. Mm-hmm. But if you ever seen that movie too, uh, not not necessarily a good movie. Tom Cruise is in it though. <laughs> but yeah, just the whole jukebox thing is very appealing. Uh, I will say, throughout all, despite my criticisms, throughout all of the music in Moulin Rouge, I love most of the original artists in it i love elton john i like i don't listen to 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 too much david bowie but i do like his song in there and you know dimes our girl's best friend goes back to marilyn monroe let's just get into the the story and the plot uh real quick savannah do you want to take this basically it's starting off our main role christian he moved to paris um to become a writer and along the lines, he pretty much like ran into these like group of people that ended up being like real close friends and they were writing a play. So they need to have the star of the play be this character, Satine, which works at this club that uh, performs, but they're actually prostitutes. So they ended up going to like the club she works at. Um, he gets mistaken for the Duke because of Toulouse, one of the people like in his little group. Um, so when him and Satine meet, she thinks that he's the Duke, which he's not. And the Duke is like this, like extremely powerful, rich man that basically wants Satine for himself. I don't want to like go into too deep detail, like tell the whole story. Yeah, you don't have to spoil it. You don't have to spoil anything. Um, but okay. Okay. So basically he meets a girl, falls in love with her, but she turns out she's sick. Um, she has tuberculosis. They use like the medical word for tuberculosis but if nobody caught on like Chris if you didn't know what exactly she had it's that it's TB so yeah. um, she's like pretty much sick the entire movie and they do this show together they fall in love and the Duke they have a bunch of drama with the Duke and he's trying to ends up trying to like kill him and all this good all that good stuff so it gets pretty yeah it, gets pretty it does crazy. it gets very dramatic <laughs> Yes, I was just about to say dramatic very, is the right word. Very dramatic. Um, but yeah, they like pretty much build this entire show um, hiding their love, Christian and Satine, because they have to hide it from the Duke. Because um, he's pretty much buying well, out the club <clears throat> to make Satine a star, which is pretty much her whole, the whole reasoning why she's in that club, like being a prostitute. She's trying to become a star and an actress. And the Duke pretty much promised her, like, if he, if she chose him and, like, 
and ran away with him, she he would make her a star and give her everything she ever wanted. Solid plot. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so yeah, let's get into the. But well, go ahead, Chris. Real quick, to be fair, mm-hmm. Savannah, there is not much that you can spoil that isn't spoiled in the first two seconds. Like, yes. <laughs> first dialogue or the first monologue of the okay, movie. Okay, but the thing yeah. is, like, yeah, they, like, pretty much spoiled the first five minutes of it, but you were gonna know that anyway, because the whole plot of the movie is that she's sick with tuberculosis. If y'all didn't know, it's a horrible respiratory <laughs> disease that is very contagious, one, and extremely, extremely dangerous, and it's deadly, especially in the 1900s when tuberculosis was first, like, came out, and exposed to everybody there was no cure there was no medicine there was no treatment nada <laughs> so you pretty much yeah. like they didn't have to tell you in the beginning but uh, within like the 20 minutes of it as soon as she like has her first fainting spell you pretty much know how it's gonna go musical the film it's a tragedy and mm-hmm. part of a tragedy or the definition of tragedy is knowing what's gonna happen at the end but still being impacted by the journey of it not wanting that end to be true i mean there's a reason why we always, you know, everybody learns about Romeo and Juliet or mm-hmm. Hamlet, mm-hmm. anything Shakespeare. Which they did um, do great on that whole tragedy definition with the movie. Yes, and I, I do think the tragedy aspect is done well enough in the movie. Uh, man, I really tried to think hard, long and hard about my criticism. Why, when I've, again, I've only seen it the one time when Savannah asked me to. It was like maybe last year uh, or the year before. I think it was that far back. I, yeah, yeah, I think I'm thinking it was last year. But when I watched it, I said I don't remember exactly what I said. But basically, my impression of it was that it's all right, but it's not for me, and I don't think I could recommend it to anybody. Which I don't understand why. Yeah, and it 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 <laughs> baffles me too because again, I like I tend to like do fuck musicals. I like tragedy. I like the I like the actors in this movie, but something about this movie, and I think it all comes down to just the direction of it. It is that can I describe it? It's that very loud style of where you know the, you know there's some parts of the the movie and the song things are just kind of slow down and blur, and you just all this like I don't know if you ever if you ever watch any of Tony Scott's movies, Ridley Scott's brother, he does this a lot. Man on Fire. Uh, with Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. that is a movie that does that a mm-hmm. lot, and uh, Hannibal, that is a movie, uh, you know, as bad as that movie is, that is probably the worst part. I think it's more of just editing rather than direction, but I don't really like how this movie is edited, and I will also say I don't really like how it's directed. Okay, Whew. that remember when I told you I had one major complaint? I guess that kind of falls <laughs> under the editing uh category. I hate, hate, hate the excessive use of slow motion in that movie. There it is, yeah. It was so excessive. Like, that was the one thing that I was thinking, like, why is there so much slow motion in this movie? What do you mean slow motion? Like, they, I don't know, they could just be the editing. Yeah, I think slow motion goes into editing. But, um... But you you know what I'm really referring to, right? Walter? Is it the the beginning dance, like when they and they first enter the Moulin Rouge and they're kind of like hiding? No, literally, literally, like in every other scene, it felt like there was slow motion at some point. And I think, like at the very end, justifiably, I think when uh, he was when Christian was gripping Satine, holding her while she was dying, I think there was slow motion. And that that part is understandable, but there was just so much before it that I was like, "Wow, this is this is this is." I didn't really pay attention to that. To the slow motion. Yeah, I think it it does fall under the same category because I know where it really hit me is during that first like couple of opening opening numbers where they're seeking into the Milan Rouge. There's a big party going on, and you get the diamonds are forever. Not diamonds are forever. That's James Bond. Uh, diamonds are a girl's best friend type number. And it kind of just goes on. But, you know, at some point you do get people like dancing, but then it slows down. It looks like it's kind of blurring. And you get this like slow motion laugh. And it, yeah, I, I felt like that was throughout the movie. Yes. That type of. That is what I'm referring yeah. to. And part of that is just the style of the time. Like in 2001, a lot of movies, basically anything after the uh, the Matrix, the, everybody started using bullet time and slow motion. 
but it, it does <laughs> yeah. I I think for our generation it's very annoying because we watch a, a film nowadays especially editing it's a lot more it's either very fast paced in the terms of like Michael Bay or it's very slowed down and tempered like in um well let me let me think here like okay basically like a, um like a James Wan film uh saw is very uh slow at times and uh, as far as the editing and camera angles like this, like the panning of the camera is very uh the conjuring does this a lot where they 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 don't waste like they they spend a lot of time just focusing on one thing to make sure you really get it other than uh moving in slow motion but that's besides the point i want to ask savannah what do you love most about this movie before i start to wreck it with my criticism screw you um i just think it's not like a typical like i don't really like romance movies i think they're like really corny um but I like this one just because I feel like it's really pure. Um, like a lot of romance movies, they're very what's the word I'm looking for? Cliche. Um, it's predictable. But I think with Moulin Rouge, it's a little bit different. With like, I mean, yeah, you they kind of like spoil it, but even though you know what the outcome is going to be, you don't know the story of what's all going to happen. And I feel like with like other romance movies, you pretty much okay, well. These people meet, they fall in love, they have a conflict, they get over it. In the end, they come back together and they're happily ever after. Like, that's not the case with Moulin Rouge. It's different. And it's just, like, really, I don't know, it's just really pure. Like, it's so, it's so cute. And, again, the music, I love it. I just love the whole story. It's just different from Mm. other romance movies. And I think that's what I like the most. Probably because it's a tragedy was along with it. Yeah, and it's very hard to get a good story in a musical. Like, yeah. You know, a lot of movies because we named earlier, they do not have the best story. The Wizard of Oz is pretty dumb, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and the Wiz... If we're being, if honest. We're being honest. The Wiz, again, another classic another classic version of it, but if you actually sit down and think about it, it's pretty... It doesn't make any sense. I want to say, my biggest criticism is the characters. I just didn't feel anything for them. Again, I love these actors, mm-hmm. you know, Ewan McGregor, I like him as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I'm also like, I think his best role is in Train Spotting, where he plays a uh, a heroin addict trying to recover, but then he has to get back on heroin, big thing. But, you know, Ewan McGregor, I like him. I love Nicole Kidman. You know, every day I'm working at Target, I just hope she walks in there and asks me where, like, a can of beans is, so I can just say, <laughs> yes, ma'am. But, you know, uh, I can't really, I, she has so many good performances, I can't say which one is her best. Uh, my favorite of hers is Big Little Lies, if you guys have ever seen that show, she's really good in it. Um, a lot of people forget her, one of her first movies was Batman, I think forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I like her in a movie in uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. She's not featured too much in it, but she has a big part um, as, you know, the, the wife and the mother, but she, she does have a, a moral con quandary of her own in that film but and John Leguizamo I think you can stick him in any movie and he just works but these (laughs) characters I just couldn't like connect with them all the way and that was like a big issue I had when I watched it I was like you know I should like this story I should like Ewan McGregor you know falling in love with Nicole Kidman I should feel for these people but I just don't and I don't know why nope me either I, I, I can't, I've spent time thinking about it. I can't, I just can't put my finger on it. I just, when I watch them in Moulin Rouge, I get this. And I think as far as I can get is that it, for me, Moulin Rouge kind of comes off as tonally weird. It, it It's very goofy at times, but then they slow down and they sing these love songs. But then, you know, I I will say I like the first hour, but after, uh, after the diamonds of, diamonds are a girl best friend sequence and then they go into the little room and you know she thinks he's the duke but he's really just trying to pitch this song to her mm-hmm. and it's your song which is like the poem i guess with what they call mm-hmm. it and you have like you know they slow down that's i'm like all right so this is a serious part this is where they fall in love but then in, in the background in the window or on the roof you got like john linguizamo and they're like circus troop trying to like <laughs> spy on them and it's this big comedic moment and i'm like okay I get it. I'm laughing, but I, 
it's kind of drawing me away from feeling what's supposed to be happening here. No, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of dick jokes in this movie. I feel, <laughs> um, I you know a lot of I'll, I'll you know on TikTok a lot of people recreate the scene where uh, she's pulling down his pants. She does the whole growling uh, tiger growl thing where she calls him a big boy. Fun fact: her nipple Funny came moment. out. Just wanted to throw that out there. We love a little, we love a little nipple What'd action. Her nipple came out. She's oh. flipping around, growling on the floor. Watch out for a nipple. You'll that see it. people is commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Chris, what what do you say about our separate views on this movie so far? Um, I definitely like hear both of y'all. I definitely um have my complaints about the editing, but I like the style choice. As I said earlier, I like the I like the characters. I cared about John Leguizamo's character a lot. Yeah. <laughs> was he Toulouse? Yeah. Toulouse. I liked him. I did I did care for the characters. Um, I thought they did good. They kind of forced the love thing on you in that movie and how and how like she didn't love the mm-hmm. actual guy. Like specifically that that one scene where Ewan McGregor or well, I'm sorry, where Christian uh, kind of just butts in the middle of them arguing about the them filming mm-hmm. the last scene. The the ending is what he was so upset about. And I was like, that's that's just so silly that he like said that out loud. Cause now, but Nicole Kidman's character made it off so smooth. I was like, wow, that that was actually where pretty, he was like, she doesn't good. love you. <laughs> that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. the acting skills. That's the whole point of her. She's trying to be an actress. <laughs> yeah. She did her thing. I mean, I, I definitely liked it. I, I'm not really sure I understand your view, though, Walter. Did you not like I, it? Okay, he so, wants to, but he doesn't. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was <laughs> like, I get the appeal, but it's I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I don't like this movie. And thinking back on it, and I didn't have time to rewatch it. I did look up YouTube videos. And I did do some extra research before bed this week, speaking. but. I probably should have, but you know, looking at looking back on it, it it's a movie that I'll never forget. I'll say that, but I feel like it's a forgettable movie, if that makes sense. I know that kind of contradicts, but it's a movie I'll never forget because you know you guys are my friends, and Savannah loves this movie. And I will say, any any time I hear any of the songs in here, I will either think Glee or Moulin Rouge because Glee did do they did do a. It was a movie musical episode, but they took songs from Moulin Rouge, and uh, there's a whole sequence of them dancing on the roof like uh, Satine and Christian. Mm-hmm. But I guess I, yeah, I just I can't can't seem to like wrap my head around of why I don't like it. I just it just didn't work for me. Again, I think mainly I just couldn't connect with the characters as like they wanted me as much as they wanted me to, or at all really. Uh, I just kind of like you know okay that's funny I'll laugh at that part. I guess. For me, it's too. I'm gonna say this movie feels to me too confident. It is so in your face, and it is so. It chooses when it wants to be broad, and then it tries to slow down and be very intimate. And for me, that too much of a tonal shift doesn't seem to work in a musical like this. I feel like. Out of all the musicals I've seen, if I'm comparing it, musicals tend to operate in a world where they are either very self-serious or very self-referential, and it's it it's never you never see one really in the middle. Like you take something like Dreamgirls, that is a very serious movie with some comedic elements, but that is also kind of sort of a tragedy. But then you hop over to something like Footloose. Savannah, I don't know if you remember the script for that, but mm-hmm. it's very self-referential. Even the Wiz, the Broadway version of the Wiz is very self-referential. It is very funny. Again, they, the Tin Man, the Lion, and the, the Scarecrow spend a lot of time in that original script making fun of Dorothy because she's not very bright. Mm-hmm. But it's But yeah, when it comes to Moulin Rouge, it starts off very kind of like the great Gatsby, you get this long zoom into this tower on this like very desolate uh was it paris they're in paris moulin rouge yes 
Yeah, it's you get on this, you get this shot, opening shot is this very long zoom in to Paris, uh, kind of a Hitchcockian shot if you ever seen any of Hitchcock's movies. But then again, you go to the flashbacks and there's this, they're as whimsical as they can be, as as whimsical as a uh, as a musical will be. And after this, we're gonna get into our favorite numbers. But yeah, you know, you get diamonds, our girl's best friend. That whole sequence is fun, but then again, it slows down, and Satine has this moment in the mirror, and she's coughing, and it's like, oh, now we gotta get serious. And then, like ten minutes later, and we're back to funny things again. And then the movie kind of in the middle is like, oh, this is a very serious and tragic moment. And then it immediately shifts over to like a comedic thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know if I'm just nitpicking. I might be, but looking back on it, I, I just don't like this movie very much. I, I, I will say the music has grown on me over time. Again, mainly because I do like the original music. But as far as the movie and the musical itself, I, I can't come to liking it, even though I do want to, but I just can't. So I hope all that makes sense. Mm-hmm. She has range, Walter. You're just hating. I'm trying. She I could try be whatever you. She could be funny. She could be serious. She could be romantic. Take your pick. But you just gonna hate. I like that. I like that. There's. I like that there's so many different like aspects of the movie. Like you get there's so many different feelings that you get out of it. Like, you like one minute you can be, like like laughing. It's funny, and then like next minute you're like oh sh- oh oh shit oh shit. And then, like, next, it's, like, really like, sad. And then you start feeling loving. Out. Like, I love the, like, whole mixture of emotions. Like, you could just get so much out of it. Versus, like, if you just watch a movie where the whole entire tone is serious, you're not getting much emotion but a serious out of it. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's just my personal preference. I like, feel- I like that, feeling. You know, I can I can understand that because I can think of some movies where they do, I do feel like it's an emotional roller coaster. But Movies I tend to like are very gradual. They you start off with one thing and they, you gradually start to feel another thing, or you gradually start to feel an an extension of that one emotion. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely like switched uh, tones, but that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about Django. Like it, it's just different tones in one. You know what? That is, and yeah, I didn't text it into that chat, but I did. I do kind of agree that Django is a mixing pot of, of genres. And I can see that with Moulin Rouge. But again, it's, maybe it's just maybe too many too many things turn me off. Maybe I'm just too critical of it. But um, all right. So I do, because um, we're coming up on some time here. I do want to go into our favorite songs and favorite numbers. So Savannah, why don't we start? What is your favorite song and number? Or favorites, if you have multiple. Um, oof. I told myself earlier to think about this, but I got sidetracked. Uh, top <laughs> two that I, like, make a name right off the bat is when he sings to her. Like, the very first, like, he's trying to, like, show um, show Satine, like, the song he he's written. Um, and he, like, pretty much sings to her. And that's when, that's when they both kind of, like, feel that connection where they, like, he like she kind of made him believe that she kind of liked him, but it's really her just acting. But that's when he kind of fell for her. What song? Well, what song is that? Um, that's not. Is that your song? Yeah, your song. I thought it was it was named something else. Song. Uh, yeah, your song where they were dancing on top of the elephant and Roxanne. But I also um, really do love um, "Come What May." I love that one too. That. I actually do. I love like the really? I love the first time he sung Come What May, but I also love the ending version that he did of Come What May. Cause it was like when he first sung it, it was like, Oh my god, that's like that's really sweet. Like it's really pure. And then the ending, it was like really, really sad and tragic. But then you got like really happy because they came back together. So I like both versions that they did yeah. of Come What May. So those are my three favorites. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, I think I'm more inclined to that first version of it but that ending version is very it is very tragic mm-hmm. i will i won't lie uh chris what about you favorite song and number Everybody's favorite. Yeah, that is a good ass version no for real because i didn't i didn't know i didn't know that they, yeah like i didn't know that that's what that song was gonna be and i really did like the mm-hmm. little take that they did on it and how many 
different things that they were also saying. Like, because yeah. it fit with what they were trying to say in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. See, that's what I'm nice. talking about. Like, they, like they just put in so much, like, other music and incorporate it, and it all just fits perfectly. Like, that's two different songs that they were putting, that mashed up together, and it was perfect. It was beautiful. I know. I know, and I love yeah. mashups. I told you guys this last night, I love mashups, yeah. but I don't know why I couldn't get with it. You you liked Roxanne, well, though, right? Yeah, yeah. My favorites, my favorites are definitely Diamonds, Our Girl's Best Friend, and Material Girl with Roxanne. That whole that whole Roxanne sequence is what woke me back up in the movie. Yeah, definitely. When they got to that part, and you get the dancing, and you get him walking through the dance. I I think that was shot incredibly well. Mm-hmm. I think the song worked perfectly. I love the mixing of Ewan McGregor's voice with the deeper gravelly voice of the one dude, and I like I love yes. how it fit. How it really yes yeah it was great. I love how it really connected the story and it, it that it, it was that moment where I was like all right. I am now feeling the tragedy of this because that is pretty much your um all this lost moment mm-hmm. of the movie. Yes. And I did I did love that sequence. And I think uh you know Dimes are a girl's best friend is just a fun sequence. I love uh when Nicole Kidman is up in the air and she's doing that whole number. That I do that was really caught my eye in the beginning. And uh I don't know if there's a song at the end. But not the very end, but pretty much the sequence where um, they're at the show. They ended up doing the show anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just the whole the whole shooting thing happens. But John Leguizamo is like crawling through the rafters trying to like warn Christian like, hey, yeah. they're, they're trying to kill you. I don't know. That, is there a song that's, there? I, that's I just the there. final number. Like, that's just the. Okay, so that's just the final number. Mm hmm. It was in performing. Yeah, I did like I did like that yeah. whole sequence. I don't remember the song very well. Again, I did listen to the soundtrack, but I couldn't place where it was. But I do I do remember liking that. All right. So as we end here, we're gonna we're gonna basically do recommends. So uh, we're gonna start with uh, Chris since you were the one to see this most recently. Um, just give a small statement on if you recommend or not recommend Moulin Rouge. I would recommend it because I. Like you said, to start it off, I feel like it's like a cult classic now. And I can understand why. Like, I can understand why it built this following. It is, it is like, pretty entertaining. Regardless of what you watch it for, it's a love story, and it is it is entertaining. So, yes, I would All recommend right. it. And Savannah? You already know. <laughs> I love the movie. I want to watch it right now. As soon as we get on the podcast, I'm probably going to turn it on and watch it. We didn't get to talk about the characters. <laughs> Well, we can we can do that real quick. All right, Chris, go. Favorite character, least favorite character. Uh, what? Zidler, favorite. I actually liked him. I don't know why, Hell? but I did. Like he he seemed like a good guy at at heart. Yeah. Which one is that again? And he was he was singing that thing. Yeah. He was like the owner of. Well, oh, not the owner. The but, well, yeah, the, the owner. Mm-hmm. I remember. All right, least favorite. The I, one guy. I like his outfit. Least favorite, uh, just the fucking oh, yeah. hitman at the end. The most, I don't know. He was just the most non-believable acting hitman. Yeah. He looked it kind of goofy all day long, but he just did not seem intimidating. Yeah, like extremely goofy. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not is. really intimidated right, by this guy. Favorite, least favorite. <laughs> all right. Favorite character, I'm gonna say uh, Toulouse, John, my boy John Leguizamo. He was the one that kept me laughing through and through. I like how big and just outrageous he is. He has a he has he tends to play really disgusting characters though, like they just really perverted. So I did I did really like him in this movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we were sticking with one, but I did I did like Zidler too because he was just so slimy. My least favorite has to go to the Duke because he was just forgettable to me. I know he was in the plot, but I always wow. like he, they're he literally just, the, he's just there. Literally the entire conflict. Did you forget about him? Yeah, but <laughs> literally. Yeah, like I don't I just don't care for him. You know, I feel like you could take him out of the movie and just make the villain the, the society. It'll work what? just about the same. No, what the fuck? 
you cannot take the Duke out because they're literally in every scene they're they're dodging this Duke. (laughs) The whole conflict in the whole conflict and problem in the whole entire movie is the Duke. (laughs) Yeah, but I remember you know any any the only time I really recognized him was during the Roxanne like portion where she does go to him. But other than that, I'm just like, get this guy out of here. I don't I don't care for I mean, that's cause much I mean if there's anyone part. else <laughs> Yeah, again, I you know, if there was anyone else, you know, I can't really think maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, he's like the only one I didn't really really like. Just for weird reasons too. Not just because he's the bad guy. It's just like I did you know, maybe I just don't like the actor, but I just didn't care for him that much. I mean for him not to but that's just for him not to what you say not have much of a part, he did a pretty good like impact on you like and the little parts that he so, did so have maybe. he was pretty good like you you made like he made you feel like he was this really like possessive crazy psychotic weirdo like that you're just disgusted like yeah. you're ugh, get away from me like that's like he didn't have much parts but you felt that way when you seen him yeah i guess that that could also play into it Again, I just, you know, anytime he was on screen, I kind of clicked out. I remember I remember that specifically. I remember whenever he was on screen, I was like, all right, let me just kind of breeze through this and let it roll over a little. Um, I did, I don't want to <laughs> say Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor weren't my, they were, to me, acting-wise, they were, they were good. I think Nicole Kidman does a bit better. I've seen Ewan McGregor do much better in other movies. Uh, to me, they're, again, I just couldn't connect with their characters. But yeah, as far as favorite and least favorite, Toulouse and the Duke. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we wrap this up? Well, my favorite and least favorite character. My favorite definitely is Christian because <laughs> he is so pure and naive. He didn't even care that she was a prostitute. He did not care whatsoever. He said, oh, <laughs> you sell yourself? You know what? It don't even matter because I love you. And then Least favorite is definitely Harold. I did not like Harold. No, not not because he wasn't like good in the movie or anything, but I just didn't like the character that he was. Literally, May has a bunch of women selling themselves, making them believe that they're only worth what someone's gonna pay for them. Like that is that is. Come on now. (laughs) The morals. Yes. Yes. Like you're you're running a house, but. Dude. Don't you think at the end he kind of realized yeah, that there after was more to it? Fucking died <laughs> after when he was too late. <laughs> and then like, the whole yeah, point, like okay. he knew, okay, he like That's cares true. so much about like he acted like he cares so much about her, but really he didn't care for what was best for her because he knew that she that she loved Christian and wanted to leave to go be with him. But he was like, no, the Duke is gonna make me money. So why would you leave with Christian when? I can make money off of you by selling you to the richest man that wants you. Like, he wasn't in there for her her best attentions, which I feel like he was, like, trying to make that scene. Like, he made him seem like he was a good guy that really cared about these girls, but he didn't. Especially Satine. Screw him. I can understand. Okay, that's fair. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, well, still going to go with the... Go with just, just switch man. right now. <laughs> I made a good point. Okay. Oh. Yep, I can understand that. She did. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps it up. Anybody want to do any like closing remarks or anything mm. before I do before I go into the outro? Mm, I would say, like, um... if you're interested in watching it, don't run away from the fact just because you don't like, like a lot of people tend to not like musicals. Because they think yeah. that, yeah, because a lot of people yeah, think, like, all musicals are the same. They're like, oh, this is going to be so, like, they're just going to sing every five seconds. Like, no, it's it's different. Like, don't run away from it just because you're like, oh, it's a musical. Like, no, it's actually really good. And I am guarantee you'll know yeah, but... all this, if not all, majority of all the songs that they sing. Yes, yes so. I, do, I do agree with that. I do want to stress that because I, my life, all of my life, just, like, you like musicals? Ew. Yeah. But you know, there are there are much more to them. And I will I will say, as much as my gripes with this movie, Moulin Rouge is a very different type of musical. It is it is very eye catching. 
which is why I am very interested once, you know, the world opens back up. Hopefully uh, they go on tour and they come to Nashville or I get the chance to go to New York. But I do want to see where, uh, what the Broadway musical is like. Um, I told you guys earlier, I listened to both of the soundtracks and I did really like the Broadway soundtrack. Um, they use they again, they use the same songs. They just add updated songs to it. And I, and uh, from the set design of the movie, I, I remember when I first saw it, my, my biggest like compliment was that it would work amazing. It would be amazing as a Broadway musical. And they, they finally turned it into a Broadway musical. So I would be, I would be very open into seeing that rather than seeing the movie again, but <laughs> that's just me. Hmm. But so, you know, fingers crossed. I hope, you know, everything goes back to normal and that uh, Mulan News does end up coming to Tennessee. God, I hope so. All right. So thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. This is this is episode two. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having oh. us. Thanks yes, for having us, pal. I hope we can do many more in the future. Well, I, I plan to do many more in the future with you guys anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Literally next week. <laughs> when we, uh, when, I was going to say, when we doing yeah, so episode, these other ones? And we can tell the audience this now. Uh, I have a full list of all, I have, I'm planning 10 episodes. The ones I will reveal now. So last week, me and Ben did Elite. This week, we did Moulin Rouge. Next week, it'll be you guys plus Shelton, and we'll be talking about Rick and Morty. And I feel like that's going to be a much longer podcast. Yes, it has so to be. I, there's a lot. I'm going to go ahead and rewatch all the, all the series, all seasons. Yeah, I'm going to go watch all the episodes. I'm still not going to watch season no. four. Is season um, four done? They released, they released the first okay, five. I'm not going to watch um, it yet. And then the next, yeah. the next five are coming out, what, in May, right? May, May 1st, actually, I think. Wait, let me check real quick because I have it. Oh, uh, I don't think it's May. Is it May first? May third. It comes back May third. Okay. The other five come. Wait, what do you, what do well, y'all watch on regular TV? I watched uh, it on Hulu. It has seasons one through three, but the fourth season, um, I don't know if, if you have Sling, Chris, but you can get the first two weeks of Sling, uh, of like a free trial, and you can watch the first five episodes of season four on there if you want to do that. Just remember yep. to, yeah, to delete your account because that shit is expensive. It's like thirty five dollars <laughs> a month. What? Make sure you make sure you Oh no thank you. No. I'm not even gonna put oh, my nope. I'm not even that. gonna put my credit card information in for that. Oh, hey, I'll well, wait. Maybe we can get a we can get a sweet sponsorship and then we'll get it for free. Hey. That is possible. But uh yeah, so next week <laughs> will be Rick and Morty with uh three of us. Then the week after that I have um me and Chris scheduled for Atlanta. We might have a third guest on there. I'm still in talks, but we'll be talking about Atlanta. I recently just watched both season one and two, and I can't wait to talk oh, about man. that one. And oh, then uh, episode God. five, I have scheduled Parasite with, uh, with uh, Chris and another friend of mine. His name is William. Uh, you guys met him, but uh, we'll, we'll be able to, you and him will be able to talk more on that podcast. But that is a, a film me and Chris can't stop talking about. So, uh, and then after that, I should be, I am still in season one and hopefully it's, it's scheduled right now, but it is subject to change, but I am still watching Netflix's Ozark. Uh, that will be another with uh, you and me, Chris. And again, we might have a third one on there. Um, I'll have to talk. I'm, I'm in talks with different people, but if right now it's just me and you scheduled for Ozark, okay. um, I am in, I'm still in season one, but I am loving it. I am. It is very, I, that first episode didn't catch me very well, but the second and third episode did catch me. I can't wait to talk about that one. After mm-hmm. that, it'll be me and Shelton, episode seven, which is appropriate because we'll be talking about the Star Wars saga, an ongoing conversation that's been going since The Force Awakens came out in 2015. Um, honestly, I don't know if he knows if he's on the podcast, but he will be. And then uh, after that, Ben will be back for episode eight, and William will be back for Money Heist. I'm also watching that at the same time as Ozark, so I should be done with that. Some of these episodes will, will bleed into May, so that will that will be. And then episode nine, I'm excited uh, because I'll be hopefully I'll be done with Ozark and Money Heist by then. But that'll be me and Savannah and Emma Ray talking about The Office. Hey. And 
yep, I still got a few seasons to go, hey. but I, you know, season one was... I feel like you need to get, yeah. I'm sorry, Walter, I feel like you need to get to at least season six, okay? Yes. Because so much happens in Office, so I think you need to get to at least season six. Do you oh, do you know office. any spoilers? I don't think I do. I, I, I know nothing yeah. about this. I will say that. I know nothing but who, okay. who came out of it and who became famous and made a movie that I do not like. That is what? About it. Who? John Krasinski and a, it's a quiet place. You better not say a quiet place. You be, you <laughs> the mother, weird, the shut the fuck like, up. Good shut movie. Because I got it for free from like a, a Twitter thing. So I have the movie, but I, I don't like it. <laughs> but I will. Again, I've only seen it once. So I'll watch it again. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you? Yeah, we okay. will. And we'll then, We'll and then finally, episode 10, probably the end of May, but it's been something I've been really wanting to talk about. I just read the book, but I have... Episode 10 is subject to change because I wanted to add a movie down there, but in case I don't, um, I, I want to talk about Defending Jacob is the new Apple Plus TV show that is premiering actually this Friday as of this recording, and I'm going to have my family watch it. I'll try and see if my, my mom wants to be on the podcast with me to do it. Uh, if not, I'll try and force Chris to do it, since he's the only other person I know with Apple TV. If you still have it, uh, yeah, but I cannot promise that I will watch that. And show. I, I'm it hoping it's good. Really I, good. I really loved the book. It was a, it was a really interesting book with a really twisted ending. But so yeah, if that doesn't happen, I'll just replace it with a, a movie. I have a, an alternative list of movies and of people right now there's no one on that podcast but me but hopefully we'll we'll get to it so um so that's the wrap up that is that is the end of this podcast i want to thank everybody for listening i want to thank savannah and chris again for joining me thank you it was a real pleasure thank having you, you guys you. and uh for everybody out there listening thank you for listening to the murder board podcast this has been civil trials and you know stay safe out there stay healthy and please share with friends and family. I really do appreciate it. And we will catch you again on the murder board.